Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts. Uh, my name is David and uh, I'm your host. And, uh, you know, I just started thinking, you know, I hear about all these people starting podcasts and, and I have a long drive to work and a long drive from work. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to do something that's kind of productive. And a lot of times I'll sit in my car and just talk through thoughts I've had, um, you know, dreams, uh, whatever. And, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'm going to try and record one and see how it goes. And so here we are. Um, the, the one thing that's really been a big thought or a big part of my thought process recently is how the future of retail is, uh, is shaping up. Um, and, you know, you may be wondering what I'm, where I'm going with that. You know, with the recent closure of Toys R Us, um, which, of course, I don't think anyone uh, who knows anything about the business world uh, could say that they didn't see that coming. I mean, five, six years ago, they said, oh, we're, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. We need help. And they, you know, they got the help. They got their their payments deferred. They got everything taken care of. And, you know, they were given five years to get their self, you know, rebuilt and, you know, to the point where they could show profitability, which they didn't do. They didn't change a thing. Everything was still as expensive or more expensive than where you could buy it anywhere else. I mean, as a kid, I remember buying Lego sets. I never went to Toys R Us, you know, because they were $5 more expensive than buying them anywhere else, even directly from Lego on their website. So why go to Toys R Us? Now, I will admit, Toys R Us was my first job uh, when I turned uh, 16. You know, I got out there, and that was the first place I worked, and I absolutely loved working there. So, you know, I got a lot of love for Toys R Us, a lot of fond memories, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're on the verge of oblivion, you know, you got to change it up, and I think a lot of these retailers and a lot of these corporations just don't realize that the game has changed. They just think, oh, you know, well, we are a store and people are going to come and shop in our store because they're going to want to have their product in their hands immediately. And really, that's not the case. I can't think of one thing that I've bought in a store outside of groceries that I had to have immediately. And, you know, groceries is a pretty obvious one because you have to eat. So, um, everything else... I'm more than happy to wait a couple days. It's not that big of a deal. And usually I end up getting the product cheaper. Or even if it's the same price, I don't have to physically go out in this this heat. Um, you know, in, in North Carolina, it's been in the hundreds, or, you know, in the heat index every day, uh, just about. So, you know, definitely would rather wait a couple days to get something if it means I don't have to deal with that heat to... Uh, to go out and get something, especially when there's no cost savings and I'm having to spend money on gasoline. So, you know, what they need to do is they need to realize that the times have changed. They need to provide a service that you can't get anywhere else. They need to provide something that you need, some reason to come out there. Um, You know, like Walmart, you know, they're doing the site to store and the lockers, like what Amazon's doing. Um, where you can order something online, it gets put in a locker, you get your little code, you go type in the code, you open the locker, and you don't have to deal with anybody. You just 
go in, grab your stuff, and go. And I think that's a, a master stroke on Walmart's part. Um, not to mention the free shipping from their website. You don't have to have a membership to Walmart. You don't have to pay $120 a year to Walmart to get free two-day shipping. You can get free two-day shipping on anything you order there. Walmart's really, they're probably one of the few companies that I've seen, that I've followed, that has uh, kind of gotten this right, um, or, you know, is making the changes necessary to pull this off, and, um, you know, adding more self-checkouts is helping. I mean, I know that supposedly takes jobs away from, from cashiers, but, I mean, if you think about it, most stores you go into, even Target, they only have about one cash register open, period. And that was true even before they had self-checkout. Walmart generally only had one cash register open. And you'd sit there, and I'm going in to buy one item, and I get stuck behind somebody buying $500 in groceries. You know what? I'll just buy it online and have it shipped to my house. So self-checkout's definitely a big thing. It's been really good uh, addition. Uh, it's been out there for a while, obviously. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know. Um, and, uh, you know, so so I think Walmart's making a lot of good changes. I think Best Buy really needs to make a lot of changes. Um, they don't really provide anything that people can't just get anywhere unless you're, like, wanting to buy a car stereo. Um, you know, because they do have a lot of locations, and so it makes it easier for some people if they don't trust going to a little more localized shop or a specialized car stereo shop, you know, they can go to, they can go to Best Buy and get a car stereo installed, but even that, I mean, most people are sticking with their, their regular stereo because the manufacturers are putting in much better stereo systems and much better speaker systems in their cars now, so, yeah, there's really not that much reason to upgrade either, and, um, you know, it's, it's a changing world because, and, and that's what they need to understand is you got to give people a why to come out. You know, you, you've got to give them some reason why they need to go to your store. And that's one thing that you never had to, to worry about of people actually going out, period. But all the stores always had tried to have that why, you know, and it's, it's evident, you know, you got the Black Friday sales papers, you know. Oh, you need to come to our store at 4 a.m. because we're going to have TVs for $100. You know, that's a why uh, for a lot of people, but you need to have that year-round. You can't just survive off of that because even Black Friday sales, I mean, Amazon's doing that too. So I can sit and do Black Friday shopping at Amazon.com, and I don't have to leave. I don't have to... I don't have to fight through crowds. I don't have to risk being trampled or uh, beaten up or robbed like has happened uh, throughout the country in different uh, Black Friday events. I mean, you know, why do I need to go out again? So I need a why. And I think that's the biggest thing, that if any uh, retail corporation is not asking themselves right now is why, why, why? You know, what do we need to do to create a why for these people? If, if they're not asking these questions, they're going to be in the same boat Toys R Us is five, ten years down the road. It's just inevitable. You can't compete with a company that makes it so easy to do something that it requires nothing of you except for clicking a few buttons. And 
And it's not just Amazon. There's plenty of other websites out there. I'm just using Amazon as an example. Uh, It's the same with shopping malls. You know, shopping malls are great. But, you know, a lot of stores are closing a lot of shopping malls because they just can't afford to pay the rent because people just aren't going to shopping malls like they used to. I mean, why go on a Saturday afternoon to a shopping mall to pick up a new shirt at, you know, any of these stores in a mall or a new pair of shoes at Foot Locker when you can order them off the internet and you don't have to deal with all the crowds and the, you know, the the hassle of dealing with them all. I mean, there's no real big advantage. So even a mall needs a why. Uh, one of the things I thought of you know, just as an example, is, you know, if you've got a mall, say, in Austin, Texas, one of the biggest things in Austin, Texas that I heard everyone talk about every time I was out there was, you know, how awesome the food truck scene was. So you get people coming out to the mall, host a big, huge food truck day, you know, every couple days or once a week and get people out there and you can get shoppers into your mall because you're giving them a why to come out. Now that's just one example and I don't know of any malls in Austin that are struggling but most of the malls where I live in Charlotte you know, aside from South Park uh, are not doing super great. You know, they've got a lot of stores but there's a lot of empty spaces where stores have left Um, The mall closest to me is almost completely empty. I mean, heck, they don't actually even turn on the lights during the day anymore. So it kind of looks like a dim, dingy, um, you know, kind of scary place. I don't even go to that mall anymore because I'm always wondering if somebody's going to jump out from around a dark corner and uh, rob me. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, something that needs to change Uh, And I'd like to see it change. I mean, heck, I grew up hanging out at that place. And, you know, now to see it in the state it's in is kind of sad. And, uh, you know, that's that's really what what I think is going to need to change is just, you know, they need to figure out their why. They need to figure out their business. And they need to figure out what people want, you know, and actually ask their customers. Uh, One thing I, I read you know, about uh, Ben and Jerry's is they actually, before they even make a flavor, they actually go out and email their flavor ideas to their loyal fan base of users and, um, you know, tell them, like, hey, if we made this flavor, is it something you think you'd like? Is it something you think you'd buy? And, uh, based on that information, they use that information to determine what flavors might work because it takes so long to come up with an actual ice cream flavor. And I really think that by getting their customers' opinions, they could really make positive changes because, you know, what I would love to see is, okay, well, you know, I mentioned Best Buy having their car stereo section. Okay, well, You know, what if you have a store that that's the biggest part of their sales in Best Buy? 
make a car stereo experience station. You know, build a, a fake car, you know, display where people can get in it and close the doors and crank the stereo up to, you know, some ridiculous volume level and hear what it could sound like in their car. You know, have like a little brick area where the car's kind of parked out, you know, by like a bodega or something and just, you know, make that a theme, you know, or you've got a store where computer sales are really big. You know, have a little, like, internet cafe in there. You know, <clears throat> well, yeah, you might have people that come in just because they want to use the free internet access or hop on the free computers. But at the same time, <clears throat> guess what? You're getting people to come into the store. And that's the first step to getting someone to be a customer is getting them in the front door. So, you know that's also super important because I mean quite frankly if you're if you don't care about getting customers in the store you're not going to last very long unless your end goal is to become completely online in which case shut down all your stores open up a couple warehouses and just completely exist online and uh, you know so that's also an option too but you know I think we need as a, as a species we need to get to the point where we're not just sitting inside clicking on Amazon all day too because you know human interaction is important and uh, you know so we definitely need to come up with ways to solve these problems and I think retailers in general just aren't looking at these problems a lot of them aren't you know they're going to be taken over by small business owners and you're going to have a bunch of little mom and pop shops that are running running the country which is not a bad thing either. I am 100% for small businesses. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, if given the choice between going to a big box brand, brick and mortar, or a small business, I'll go to the small business and support them because obviously they need the money a lot more than, you know, another company would, you know, big corporation. So, you know, there's also that. So, you know, maybe partnering with people partnering with individuals and creating franchise opportunities like again hey he keep mentioning Amazon but they're doing a lot of really great stuff the whole uh, you know franchise truck delivery service that they're starting up seems like it's a little bit you know $10,000 I think to get started and then they recommend you have about $30,000 in capital you know in, in liquid assets to uh keep everything running to start, but they're actually going out and hiring individual, you know, people to run delivery services for them, which I can't blame them. I mean, FedEx and UPS are ridiculously expensive. The only reason the U.S. Postal Service hasn't went out of business yet is because, quite frankly, all the junk mail that's sent out every day by companies around the world. I mean, I spend more time throwing mail in the trash than I do anything else. So, you know, and the fact that it's backed by the government. So, you know, those are two reasons right there where U.S. Postal Service is still in business. Otherwise, they would have probably been long gone shortly after I was born. So, you know, just some thoughts. You know, I'm probably crazy, and I'm sure, <laughs> you know, 
I'm, I'm going to find out in comments or however this works. This is my first episode. But if you did listen and you did like it, you know, please subscribe. I'm going to try and do one of these once a week for right now. And then hopefully get up to once a day And uh, as I build up my confidence because I'm new to this whole thing. But again, thank you for listening to Car Thoughts. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Hey, everybody. David here from Car Thoughts with David. And I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can, you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.